because I had no plan. People would ask me about my plans, and I'd kind of tell them what my plan is. They'd kind of look at me like, are you serious? You're about to quit your job and hike a trail for six months, and you don't know what the hell you're doing. And I'd just laugh like, yeah, you know, but I'm going to figure it out. meditated i'm your host danny and today we have a really laid-back episode which is what i needed it's probably what the podcast needed and it's with like a cool dude because i've had so this is like the 13th episode now and i've only had girls except for the exception of my brother-in-law on the podcast as guests so far so if you guys know like funny dudes or spiritual dudes like please have them slide into my highly meditated podcast dms because i just like want more equality equality anyways so like i said it's a pretty laid-back episode it's with a really good friend of mine from grade school and we met in sixth grade which i think is when he moved to amory where i'm from but in seventh grade we dated for a week for seven days and then he got a haircut And I decided that I didn't like it, so I broke up with him. I know. Middle school is cruel. Like, truly. Ugh. I could never go back to middle school. I'm too fragile. So, honestly, jokes aside, you don't need to know, like, the intricate details of our 15-year friendship. But Garrett's super cool. He loves people. He's a huge community builder. And he hiked the Appalachian Trail, which is 2,200 miles. And he did what most of us want to do, which is quit our desk jobs to do something radical. And he's got like a pretty good story and I don't know how to describe him, but you'll see. I don't know. It was just like we 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 didn't get spiritual with anything. We didn't talk about meditation. It was very much just like the story of his journey and like what he learned from it. And as you'll see, like, I don't know, we kind of go off on some tangents. And after we recorded, he put down his mic and he's like, do you think there's any good content on there? And I was like dude, I don't know. (laughs) Kidding. But um, no, it was really fun to reconnect with him. And he has a really inspirational story. So I hope you guys all enjoy. I don't have any updates and I don't feel like reading a review. So join my Facebook group, follow me on Instagram, follow me on whatever else you want to follow me on. And let's get into the episode. Welcome to Highly Meditated, Garrett. Hey, hey, how's it going, Danny? It's good to be here. You came all the way from Delaware. Yes, I did. Just the for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I happened to already be in town for a wedding, so uh, when you first reached out to me saying you wanted to do this, you know, and we weren't sure about, you know, what window would work for us, you know, it kind of just fell into place, and, you know, looking yeah. forward to having a good weekend back home in the Midwest, so. I mean, I wanted to have you on just because you're kind of a, a cool person, but more recently you've uh been into some pretty fascinating stuff like hiking the Appalachian Trail yeah that was uh, a big endeavor that I took um back in 2018 I left uh, I quit my job in <laughs> Wisconsin and decided that I wanted to go on a trip and do something for myself so I ended up uh driving down to Georgia with my friend Dylan who dropped me off he ended up being a huge help for me because he allowed me to bring all the stuff that I thought that I needed and kind of give me a week to um, hike and kind of decide what equipment I didn't or would use and wouldn't use because honestly I had 
no idea what I had, what I was doing out there. I'd been camping before, you know, and I'd done some hiking, but I'd never lived out of a backpack before, you know. So yeah. it was, it was a really, really kind of like a far out there thing when I'd be like, "Hey, I'm leaving to hike the Appalachian Trail in a month." People are like, "Wait, what are you doing?" <laughs> and then I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm going to hike this trail. It goes from Georgia all the way to Maine." And they'd be like, "Okay, cool." And they'd be like, "Well, how long are you going to be gone? Are you going to?" do the whole thing and I had a lot of people who doubted me you know and they were kind of like yeah okay I'll see you back here in a month you know (laughs) even like my closest friends um like David he'd be like what are you doing to train for this and um there's no real way to train for hiking a mountain besides hiking a mountain you know you can be in good physical shape so I just told him like you know, I've been walking around. I took the stairs instead, you know. <laughs> he was basically like, you're not doing anything. You know, you're not preparing <laughs> for anything whatsoever. And, you know, um, I think I got about 500 miles into it, and I gave him a call on one of my lunch breaks. So I was just hanging out, and he's like, you're actually doing this, you know. And the people that, you know, I consider really good friends of mine really started to come around and like, oh, okay, he's actually going to do this and actually going to finish this. This isn't just something that he's going to start and he'll be back in a month type of deal. So, uh, right. It was kind of, it was kind of like, uh, I proved you wrong, but it was kind of more like I'm proving this to myself that I can do something like this because I wanted to, you know? And so, um, it was just a cool and unique opportunity for me. And I feel very grateful to have been able to do something like that. For sure. Yeah. That's super cool. Hot David. Hot David. Yeah. I think he still goes by that name. So <laughs> I said ha David. Ha David. Yes. That's what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, but for real. Um, he, was, he was a big critic until he kind of came around and was just like, all right, Garrett, I can see, I can see you actually finishing this. It's yeah. pretty cool. So, um, you know, ha David indeed. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I didn't, I didn't do it just to prove David wrong, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, that's just kind of how how it all unfolded. But uh, it was now now that we're talking about, it, I'm kind of reflecting back on, you know, some of the friendships that I made and stuff like that uh, that are I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. So uh, yeah, yeah, very grateful. That's awesome. So how did you like come up with the idea to do this? And honestly, like why? Um, I knew. So I graduated from college and I started working for a company at a desk job and I, you know, realized that this isn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, I wanted to get out in the field um, and, you know, not be being in a desk as much. So I was thinking about going somewhere and working for like the the USGS and uh, or the United States Geological Survey and like going out and taking water samples or taking soil samples or air samples and stuff mm-hmm. like that in remote locations that people don't want to go to, you know, like Alaska or Montana or somewhere, you know, in my mind, that's not Midwest Wisconsin, you know, somewhere where I had grown up. I'm very grateful to have my roots here, but I felt like I'd kind of outgrown it. Like I wanted some, something new, something different. So, um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then, um, I started dating my current girlfriend and, uh, I uh, kind of changed my plans based off of that. So rather than moving oh. somewhere, yeah, right. <laughs> so rather than moving, um, you know, somewhere else, I ended up taking the time off doing something that I wanted to do, and eventually moved in with her um, in Delaware, and I've been there for now a year. So um, yeah, it's right pretty on. interesting, you know, how life works out. Yeah. I never, never thought that I'd be in Wilmington, Delaware. 
you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Wait, so, but your relocation to Delaware prompted you to... Yeah, yeah exactly. For the Appalachian idea. Yeah. And also, um, I, I was 26, or I was, yeah, 26 at the time, um, and I was still under my parents' insurance, and um, actually, scratch that, I was 25 <laughs> at the time, you know, and you were off your parents' insurance when you turned 26. Yeah. So there was a tight window, and I was like, I gotta hike this trail, but I'm not gonna have a job, <laughs> and... I kind of laid this all out to my dad, and he was just like, or he's the one who actually brought it to my attention. He's like, okay, Garrett, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 25, you know? And he's mm-hmm. like, when's your birthday? And I was like, August 28th. And then he kind of like, you know, gave me enough hints where I realized what the hell he was getting. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> he was saying, you better hike fast. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do this. And um, my dad was one of the people that he didn't understand it at first. He kind of just kept calling my walkabout. Like, okay, you're just going to take the break from life. You're just going to go, yeah. you know, leave all your problems or whatever and just go hike this mountain. And um, it wasn't until they came and visited me in Maine when I was you know, almost done with the trail where he was kind of like, this is pretty cool. The fact that you stuck with this and you're out here mm-hmm. you know, living your best life as, you know, a mountain man. I think he called me like Grizzly Adams or something like that, <laughs> you know, because I had grown my beard out the whole time. So by that time, I mean, it was... The viewers can't, or listeners can't see how, how big I'm <laughs> saying my beard was. His hand is well below his chin. Yeah, there you go. It's a pretty big beard. Yeah, you know, but I didn't realize until I had grown it out that I actually have a, a ginger orangish beard. You know, so yeah. So it's kind of a little bit rusty, but uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty interesting experience because I always thought as like a kid, you know, like going through puberty and stuff, like the hairier you were, the, like the more manly you were. You know? Yeah. So like this wasn't really like a, a coming of age story for me or whatever <laughs> like that. But I was like, man, I can grow a beard now. You yeah. Know? So by that, by that, you know, basis alone, like I became a mountain man. You know. So um, and I got pictures of me with my beard um at the very end of it, and then um, so you can kind of see just how I guess goofy I was looking. Yeah. Like I'd come rolling into town just dirty hungry looking for a grocery store to storm <laughs> and a bed <laughs> yeah right um i got a couple of pictures of me in town just wearing random different clothes that different hostels have like hawaiian shirts and yeah. stuff like that and just really looking like a street bum you know yeah um, walking around with my buddy with my buddy's dog um, who you know kind of just made me look even more homeless like i just had this <laughs> dog with me um i guess backtracking on this dog story um i started this trail by myself i'd originally planned it with my best friend sam and um we had intended to hike it together and then um, he eventually had to back out because um him and his girlfriend um started getting serious and they ended up you know deciding that that was something that they didn't want to do and they decided to buy a van and they're going to remodel that and then take take a road trip so his his big um, adventure adventure you know was not the same as my big adventure mm-hmm. but even though he me and him had kind of like planned for this adventure together by mostly just talking and you know bullshitting and going to rei garage sales and buy thousands <laughs> of dollars worth of gear you know like we didn't actually have a concrete plan and it wasn't until like i'm on the trail hiking that i'm like what am I doing? You know, like, yeah. I, you know, I, this is my first time being out here in the wilderness. And I think the first night, um, that we were there, it ended up raining, you know? Yeah. Um, so like 
first morning, I'm packing up in the rain, yeah. And then I go over to a shelter, and it rains for, like, the whole first week. You know, and I I don't even know, like, proper gear maintenance. You know, I I didn't know, like, you're supposed to wear your wet clothes when it's raining, you know. And Mm -hmm. then, like, if you wake up and it's raining, put on your already wet stuff and save your dry clothes for later so you always have a pair of dry clothes, you know, as your comforts and your refuge. Like, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. Getting the camp, setting up, getting dry. But if you're in the morning, it's wet, and you don't want to put on your wet clothes, you put on your dry clothes. <laughs> all of a sudden, all you have is wet clothes, and you just have this nappy <laughs> mess in your backpack that kind yeah. of starts Shit, that's to like... smell a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's like something um, you have to learn the hard way, almost. Yeah, and I mean, I knew nothing, so right. I, I, um, I was pretty fortunate because I got connected with this guy named Josh about 80 miles into the trip. Oh, yeah. So can we actually take a step back for a second? Yeah. How long is the trail in mileage? And also, how long did it take you? They um, reroute the trail every year. Um, and they kind of do like maintenance and stuff like that. So if there's an eroding area or something like that, they might, you know, reroute it or bypass it. Or if they build a new bridge or something like that, they'll incorporate it in. Mm-hmm. But So it varies every year, but it's about 2,200 miles in total. And it starts at, uh, there's a an approach trail at Amicalola State Falls, or State Park, uh, when there's a waterfall there. And um, then it's about like eight or so miles to Springer Mountain, which is the southern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you got to work your way all the way up to the northern, well, there's people who go from uh, north or south to north, which is what I did, so northbound or Nobos. Um, and there's people that go from the north and then hike south mm-hmm. that are called Sobos. And there's also people that flip-flop. They'll go partway one way and then um, flip and then go the other way, depending on what their schedules gotcha. are. And uh, also, it, yeah, you have to do that based off of the season. Right. You can't really hike in the morning um, past October because everything's above treeline and frozen. It's actually kind of dangerous yeah. out there. So um, Yeah. Yeah. But how long did it take you? It took me six months. So I I um, started February 27th was my first day hiking, and I summited Mount Katahdin on September 1st, which um, was a pretty awesome experience because um, I finally had gotten up to Mount Katahdin, and there was a bridge with a lake, and in the background is the view of Mount Katahdin. Yeah. You know, a mountain that I'd spent, you know, six months walking you know i'd seen so many pictures of people on top of it there's a sign you know that people take a picture with the top of Katana. right like, yeah there's so many people doing their you know fist pumps or whatever goofy thing they were known for on the trail by the sign and it was so crazy to see the mountain and then so just i don't know like a surreal feeling to see the sign on top of it like i know that sign like i've been working towards this sign <laughs> i'm finally here at the sign you know and uh it was it was pretty incredible. And I know I'm probably babbling about it, but no, it's you great. Know, it's, as as we talk about this more and more, just random little stories are popping into my head. Just walking down memory lane. Yeah, for <laughs> real though, you know, or memory trail. I on your walkabout. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what my dad always called it. <laughs> hey, how's your walkabout going? As if I'm just walking in circles, <laughs> you know, <and laughs> like wish- walking from town to town on the road or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's a hard life, Dad, but somebody's got to do it, <laughs> you know, but. Um, so before I, I kind of cut you off about your friend Josh that you met, 
Do you want to talk about that and then also, like, other people that you met on the trail? Yeah, so let me start back to, uh, or go back to when I realized that Sam wasn't going to come with me and I still wanted to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a lot of questions from people like, aren't you scared? Aren't you scared to, um, you know, go out there by yourself or, um, you know, are you going to bring a gun or, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, I I don't need a gun. Um, I'm more afraid of people than I am of any animals or wildlife or anything like that. And um, I just, you know, if you know me, you know that I can talk to anybody about anything for pretty much any amount of time. You know, Mm -hmm. I just like to get to know people and see what they're passionate about. And once you find common ground, you can really build build from there and you know relate to anybody about anything because people are not as different as you know they may believe that that they are you can really find common ground with pretty much anybody for sure um so i just would tell people like if you don't think that i'm gonna meet any friends and like you don't really actually know yeah (laughs) so um by the first so i'd ridden down there with my friend and by the first week i'd already kind of formed a little um what's called a tramway yeah like a click um a trail family it's a it's a group of hikers that decide, like, hey, I like hiking with you guys. We're hiking the same pace. You know, we have about the same amount of time allotted, you know, that we're looking for finishing. And, you know, let's hike together. And so you'll get these bands of you'll get these bands of tramleys. And, um, you know, me and I ended up meeting this guy named Josh um, from Illion, New York. And he had a uh, 11 year old or at the time, a 10 year old. Um, what kind of terrier is he? He is a damn. He is a ten-year-old border terrier. I'm so sorry, Murdoch. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot what breed you were, buddy. <laughs> um, but he he has a ten-year-old border terrier who was so awesome to have in our little pack. So it was me, Josh, and Murdoch. You know, we met it within like the first eighty miles, and we ended up hiking over two thousand together, and eventually finishing. Yeah. So, you know, that was my my uh, my tramway right there. And I got to give a shout out to the Vista Blue crew. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's what we called ourselves. You know, each each of the tramways kind of had their own. Oh, name. like you three were the Vista. Yeah, Blue us crew? three were the Vista Blue crew because <laughs> nice. Appalachian Trail is marked out by white blazes. You know, mm-hmm. so you'll see a white blaze, you know that you're on the right path. Well, all the side trails and stuff like that are marked out with blue markers. So mm-hmm. I like, did say like waterfall 0.7 miles away. Um, you know, or uh, there's a view 0.1 miles away. Every single opportunity we had to see something cool, we took it, you know, because when else in our life are we going to be out in this remote location For with sure. the time to just go sit and hang by a waterfall? You oh, know? yeah, that's what I would do. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the way to hike it on. And, I, and our tramley kind of, you know, the Vista Blue crew was kind of a little bit different from other people because some people were just trying to push the mileage and get it done you know and it almost seemed like more of a I don't know like a job I mm-hmm. never felt like the trail was a job I took every single day you know as as a blessing you know it was just good I never set an alarm I would just wake up when I wanted to wake up you know and me and Josh and the night before I talked about hey where do we kind of want to end up if we get separated where am I going to see you you know and he'd be like if I don't see you by this time I'm going to wait for you at this point you know, and I'll either have camp set up or, you know, we'll, we'll continue on a little bit and we'll set up camp. So it was it was really cool to, um, you know, find the people that I like to hike with. And then um, we were able to kind of, I don't know, I've, I've always been somebody 
who's kind of just like um, a social comedian or comedian, a social chameleon. And I know. Yeah, we talked about that. Like you've always been such a community builder. Like even mm-hmm. back when we were friends in sixth grade, mm-hmm. it was like everybody's going to Garrett's because <laughs> Garrett loves to host people and he likes everybody to have fun, everybody to be happy. Mm-hmm. And we all just get along. Yeah. And it's like you changed. Like it's so easy for you to just relate to people like mm-hmm. a chameleon. And I think that kind of relates back to when I was younger and my parents brought me to an international school. Mm-hmm. I had some like culture shock at a very young age where I didn't see myself fitting in there, you know. And then I came back to the States and I really didn't feel like I fit in there either. Mm-hmm. Like this is like really young and this is me kind of reflecting back. You know, at the time I wasn't consciously aware of this. But um, now that I am kind of more aware that I had, I was kind of uncomfortable for those younger years, mm-hmm. I always wanted to fit in or, you know, quote unquote, fit in. Yeah. You know, where I I would kind of drift towards what people might consider outcasts and, you know, I'd, I'd make sure that they wanted to fit in, you mm-hmm. know. And then once you make somebody feel respected and loved and part of a community, mm-hmm. you can just bring out so much more of their value that they may not even see within themselves, you know. So I've always liked to do stuff like that, see what people are passionate about and kind of just see what what gets them going you know and absolutely then once you find out what people are passionate about you can realize like oh, i mean that same thing you know and mm-hmm. all of a sudden once you build that common ground you know you're hanging out every other weekend you know or you know yeah. now you have your little community base where you help somebody else feel connected which helps you feel connected yourself yeah you know and it gives a sense of place and people want to be accountable for the community that they belong to and they almost want to you know, be there for the other members of the community, which is which is pretty awesome to totally. see those types of things unfold and to be part of something like that makes me feel grounded. Yeah, that's your gift for sure. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I guess, building off of the community vibes and being able to be a part of the community, the Appalachian Trail itself is a large community um, of people who have previously hiked the trail, people who are on it now. Yeah, you got a fucking people, yearbook. <laughs> I know. I do have a hiker yearbook. Um, there's a guy named Odie who every single year puts out a um, hiker yearbook. So I got to give a shout out to Odie for doing that, connecting people you know, from the trail. Like I was looking through it yesterday, just flipping through the headshots. And I was like, I met that person. I met that person. I met that person yeah. at the end of the yearbook is a directory where you could share your email so you know if i ever wanted to reconnect with these people it's it's not too far away so um yeah it's a really cool cool thing that odie's doing connecting people from the hiker community because we are a community yeah you're all going through the same shit on the trail exactly and um you know there's a lot of different reasons why people go out onto the trail you know whether they're seeking adventure or they're seeking you know a break or you know just Mm -hmm. time and solitude there's a lot of um you know, people, you know, ex-soldiers who are out there. Some mm-hmm. people, I had a buddy that um, was hiking with a little bit of PS or PTSD. Um, and he uh, he wore his hiking boots, his combat boots, um, the whole hike, you know. And they probably tore up his feet, yeah, you know. Yeah, those are but terrible, they, aren't they? But yeah, they are, <laughs> you know. And because he laced them all the way up, so his, his foot really wasn't breathing oh. and stuff like that. But um, it was something symbolic for him that he wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and I got to give a shout out to Impact for being one badass motherfucker. <laughs> um, he's doing some incredible things. And uh, he's one of the people that as soon as I met him and I hung out with him for a little while, I knew like 
I I have a lifelong friend in this man. You know, like he he's living out in Ohio right now. But I know if I was any, anywhere near, like you know, I think he's in Cleveland or Cincinnati actually. If I was anywhere near there, I could hit him up and I'd have a place to stay. And mm-hmm. It would be amazing to see him and meet his wife and his two daughters. And yeah, just hang out because he knows that I'm a part of his community and he's a part of my community. Through yeah. these shared experiences that we've had, so. so awesome, right? And I mean, I got a friend from um, London. Um, I got a, a friend, a couple friends from uh, Switzerland that I met. Somebody down in, like Athens, Georgia. Um, I had a friend from Texas. So I just know that, like, if I'm ever <laughs> traveling or trying to go to like a different state park or even nearby any one of these people, that they would meet me just because of yeah. that bond that we shared. And it's something that you can't really talk to about with most people because they don't have an understanding of mm-hmm. what you're even talking about or like what it's like to live outside out of your backpack you know i remember hiking in virginia it rained for two weeks straight like where Ugh. i'm packing up in the rain i'm soggy wet you know and i'm setting up in the rain mm-hmm. and there's just no break and you just look at the sky and you're like how is there more water in, in the <laughs> sky you know and you're hiking up a mountain and there's a two inch stream running down the trail yeah and you get to the peak and then there's a two inch stream going down the other side it's just like how did that much water already form right here yeah um but i don't know the things that probably drove me the craziest were being wet for extended periods of time Mm -hmm. um and then the bugs the bugs hit like mid july ish you know as i was kind of getting into um maryland scratch that scratch this whole part that's a lie (laughs) (laughs) the bugs were pretty bad though i can't exactly remember where i was for them i think it was like in new jersey um, which is not a surprise (laughs) 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 sorry to all my new jersey listeners out there throwing shade on new jersey dude new jersey's on the map new jersey is yeah oh it is oh shit scratch all this I like New Jersey. I was just there actually in Camden for a Meek Mill concert. So, you know, none of those. I just think of Jersey Shore whenever I think of Jersey. I've been to Jersey Shore actually. They have a nice wharf at uh, Wildwood. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's it wasn't like gym tan laundry or anything. Did you bump shoulders with Snooky? No, I didn't. I didn't. I tried to keep my shoulders to myself. I didn't really bump shoulders with anybody because I didn't want (laughs) to get in the fight. I guess I don't know. Um, Yeah. Well, we're talking about New Jersey. Um, so <laughs> we got to digress a little bit. I know. That's all right. Um, so editing's for. So uh, what did you eat? <laughs> what did I eat? So I, well, before I go into what I ate, I, I will get to it. But let me just describe the the kind of two types of backpackers out there. You'll have like. The ultralight backpackers out there mm-hmm. who are trying to carry as little amount of weight as possible where they're counting every single, you know, ounce of, or every single like gram of stuff, you know, and they're cutting off the ends of their toothbrushes and they're just literally doing anything they can to reduce the amount of weight so they can be as comfortable as, as possible while hiking. Mm-hmm. Then they get to camp and they really have nothing, you know, so they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable when they're not on the trail. And I can't speak for all ultralighters, but that's kind of what, you know, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people that I were hiking with that were ultralighters really only had one pair of clothes. 
you know, and so they get to camp and they just have their short shorts and they're like cut off tank top, you know, and maybe like a rain jacket they could throw on. Mm-hmm. I had a complete change of clothes. I carried a frying pan. I had a chair in my bag so when I got to camp I could sit down. So yeah, an ultralighter's backpack might weigh, you know, I saw some guy who was leaving town with 25 pounds and I was like, well, what? <laughs> That's crazy because that's about my base weight, and that's your base weight is how much your supplies weigh before you even add any food or any water or anything like gotcha. that. So, like, that's what you're carrying when you're like, when you have nothing to eat. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, my my base weight was right around the weight of some people's full pack weights. Yeah, I remember I weighed my my pack in a town once, and it was like fifty three pounds. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> I like to snack. I'm a snacker, so what can what can I say? That's like carrying an eight year old with you. Yeah, <laughs> on your back. Yeah, um, it was weird too because you'd you'd be your lightest when you're coming into towns, and towns are always in the valleys. So you'd have a nice long descent, and it'd be light. And then you go into town. Maybe maybe you're staying there um, for the night to kind of recharge your batteries, both your actual batteries and you know your metaphorical, yeah, you know, life energy, but. Um, you know, you don't always need to stop, but if you get like a meal and then you have like a beer and then you get all your resupply and all of a sudden like you got a 50 pound pack and you got to climb an elevation gain of like a thousand feet, <laughs> you're like kind of just hobbling up the mountain. You're like, God damn, did I really need all this food? But then when you get to camp, you eat a bunch and you're like, yeah, I needed all this. Yeah. Know? So I was uncomfortable hiking quite a bit, but I, I adapted obviously. Um, and, uh, but I was super comfortable at camp, you know. Mm-hmm. I had all the clothes that I could ever need. I was even typically giving stuff out to people who didn't have what I had, you know, just because mm-hmm. I didn't mind carrying it. And I also kind of took pride in the fact that like, I carried a heavy-ass backpack, which, you know, <laughs> isn't really something you should brag about in the hiking community unless, like, <laughs> some people think you're crazy, so you just kind of accept that. And you're like, yeah, that's me, you know, and you yeah. kind of, like, own it almost. Gotcha. So I just always be like, yeah, pick up my pack. And people are like, what the hell you got in here, you know? <laughs> and I'd be like, a frying pan, you know, I got this and that. But So building off of that, let me transition to the actual question of what did I eat. Um, this is before I was kind of um, on this plant-based diet that I've been eating lately. Mm-hmm. So this is um, my, my meals typically consisted of um, like the first day out there we'd have like a vacuum-sealed um pre-marinated pork tenderloin nice yeah you know and we'd get one of those and it would feed me and my buddy josh and we'd cook that up with either like string cheese or cream (laughs) cheese my little frying pan that i had and i also i carried a frisbee too which you can use a frisbee for freaking anything out there i used it as my cutting board my plate for scooping water out of low lying water sources um I even used it as a Frisbee. It was crazy, Um, (laughs) you know. Um, But, you know, I'd be cutting up garlic and stuff on a little cutting board, you know. Then we'd be frying it up for people at camp who have been eating ramen and oatmeal for days. They're just like, what the hell are you guys doing over there, you know. (laughs) So the same people are just like, you're crazy for carrying all that. Kind of have their hands out like, hey, do you have any extra, you know. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, to be the, have the coolest lunch at the lunch table, you know? <laughs> For sure. So, we. Lunch break. Yeah. Oh, man, that throws me <laughs> back right there. Um, but it was just cool to have meal plans that nobody else was eating. So, like, the first night we'd have tenderloin. Second night, um, 
they have pre-marinated steaks that are vacuum sealed. But we've also just gotten steaks from a butcher, like wrapped in paper, mm-hmm. would kind of turn a little bit green. We just extra cook it and um, had no problems with that. Third day, we'd eat something like pancakes and some of the, like the instant bacon or something like that. Yeah, you guys were probably eating like kinks compared oh, we, to everybody else on the really trail. We really were, yeah. Because yeah. other people are just eating granola bars all day, you know? <laughs> you're you think... living a granola life. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think you could like do that again for mm-hmm. six months without meat? I I do think I could at this point. You know, I've been eating a plant based um, diet for about nine months now. But if you would have told me ten months ago, like you know, you're going to be eating a plant based diet and you're not going to miss meat, I would have kind of laughed at you because that's the diet that I grew up eating and that's really all that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, as I'm starting to understand that i don't necessarily need these animal products to live you know my best and healthiest life i think that i could mm-hmm. it just really depends on um where i'm be getting most of my protein and stuff from mm-hmm. which would probably be a lot of seeds and nuts honestly um i think that i could do it i just you know would have to see um but i think it it would be a lot it would be a lot less convenient you know um i'd probably have to do a lot of meal prepping and send myself packages ahead and actually have to plan it out rather than fly out the seat of my pants. You know? Yeah, for I was sure. just like, because <laughs> I had no plan. People would ask me about my plans and I'd kind of tell them what my plan is. They'd kind of look at me like, are you serious? You about to quit your job and hike a trail for six months and you don't know what the hell you're doing? And I'd just laugh like, yeah, you know, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, like, it's not like I'm just going to be like, yeah. oh, no, I quit my job. I don't know what to do. <laughs> right. You know, like, so. Uh... <laughs> that's amazing that you stuck with it, though, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people that don't necessarily have the same determination mm-hmm. would maybe walk out of that situation and go back with their tail between their legs. You know, that that just wasn't an option for me because I didn't want to come home. Like, I didn't finish. I've never my if you know my dad, you'll know that he never <laughs> let me start something and not finish it right you know he whether it was like a sport or you know boy scouts or whatever you know i just had to stick it through you know if i signed up for a season i had to stick the season out i could quit after that but yep you know and for me i already signed up for this i'd already told so many people you know <laughs> i was just like to hell if i'm not going to finish this trail i'm going to come people like how was your trip like, I, I didn't really do anything <laughs> you know that just sort of been like such a bummer for me to to even hear myself say. Yeah, for sure. You know, and um, a lot of people kind of thought that it was, it got routine, like it was like, wake up, eat, hike, find a place to camp, stop, eat, go to sleep, you know, repeat. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was never like that. It was like, wow, what am I going to do today? What's ahead? What can I see? And I was making the most yeah. out of my current situation and just living in the moment. As long as you're in the present moment, mm-hmm. there's something different going on every minute absolutely and even when it was like pouring rain for days those are the most incredible waterfalls i've ever seen in my life yeah and i'd see like salamanders and just these animals that don't come out when it's dry yeah you know so it was really cool to see um all i pretty much saw all seasons i saw snow i saw rain i saw like muggy dry summers Mm -hmm. and i also uh, that doesn't make sense muggy dry saw it like muggy buggy <laughs> summer you know I, I saw it all and i appreciated it all you yeah. know it, because if i didn't appreciate it what was i doing out there mm-hmm. you know so i i met up with with this girl who kind of 
started out the trail as like a pessimist and she wasn't really quite sure I, I, what she was doing out there but uh she ended up you know as we were hiking with her and then she started hiking with other people started to build up her confidence you know and um now she is doing her own podcast living her best life so it's just kind of cool to see how people have changed and i think that you know i'm not going to brag right now but i think that i had an impact on you know her thought process Mm -hmm. because anytime she'd complain you know i'd just hit her with something sassy like not with that attitude you know and you know it sounds like something dumb but for somebody to throw that at you like basically saying like like calling you you out on your negativity yeah it's just like you got a piss poor attitude you know it's basically what i'm saying in a yeah 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 you know (laughs) way but you know it really really is all mental you know and you hear people say that all the time i'm not going to read a bunch of like you know, sports slogans on the back of t-shirts, you know, my blood, my sweat, your tears, whatever, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. But, you know, if, if you're in it mentally, you can really do a lot of things physically. So um, I think that that's where my drive came from is that I knew that I could, you know, I yeah. knew that I'd never done something like this before, but I knew that I could. Yeah. And I knew that if I just took it slow and learned the process and literally took it one step at a time. I could get it done, you know? Yeah. And at first, I was super slow. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was doing like five, like a five-mile day. I was like, whoa, you know, which isn't actually, you know, that much for me now that I think about it because you can walk two miles an hour. You know, that should have only taken me, Mm -hmm. you know, four hours to do. But I have this heavy backpack on that I don't even have loaded upright. I don't have it situated correctly on my back, you know. So basically just threw a bunch of stuff in a backpack and put it on my back. Mm-hmm. There's actually a technique to packing it and like securing your straps so that it's closer to your back and you have your weight distributed so that, um, you know, it's easier to carry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, I'm learning all this stuff on the fly. So yeah. by the time I finish the trail, I'm like, I kind of know what I'm doing. You yeah. know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just hiked 2,200 miles. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, it was a great feeling finishing that trail. Um, it was really cool, too, because my my sister or two of my sisters and my girlfriend came to meet me and surprised me there. So I was like... At the end? Yeah, and it was like right after my birthday. So it was kind of just like... They were there to celebrate me, you know? And that was such a cool experience for me that, um, you know, that I'll I'll cherish for the rest of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. They came out... I mean, I know that they like to see national parks, so we got to see a national park and Bar Harbor and stuff like that. But it really made me feel special. Yeah. Like, dang... Thanks for coming, I'm you guys. Celebrated. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I know I just keep going off on tangents. No, I, I like this it. Would happen. This is this <laughs> it's so easy for me to interview people that talk like you. Well, I see I just keep talking about I'll answer your question later, but I'm gonna keep talking in this direction. Wait, shut and up. I forget <laughs> what you even said <laughs> initially. So I believe we were talking about diet. And I think we can I don't know. That. I mostly I was like wondering Mm-hmm. If you would get depleted, but it sounds like you guys just ate a bunch of fucking meat. Oh, yeah. Um, I I definitely did not get depleted. I normally shared a lot of my food. Yeah. You know, I, I like to pick people up and I like to, um, you know, just little acts of kindness can go a long way with people. So mm-hmm. I always carried stuff like fruit snacks. And if anybody, you know, was in a <laughs> negative vibe or, you know, just needed to pick me up, I just literally throw some Scooby-Doo fruit snacks at somebody and... When you're in the in the woods, you like are fiending for sugar, like a little quick pick me up, you know. Yeah. And so people were like, 
be like, are you serious? And I'll be like, yeah, it's just some fruit snacks, you know, like, take them, man. Straight high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, right, you know, and um, I even got my hiking partner, Josh, addicted to snacks. You know, he's like, dude, I'd never really eat snacks at home or ever. And now, like, every time I see you eat a snack, I want to eat something. And that was always, I always had a snack on me. So that's I get, hilarious. So building, uh, building off of that, I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about uh, just the trail names that you know. The you, nicknames. Yeah, the nick. So a trail name is like a nickname that you receive on the trail based off of either how you hike, how you dress, how you act, something s- stupid that you've done, or something like that. So uh, my trail name is Tang because I have um, really long monkey arms like an orangutan. Um, that one was kind of like a given name. I didn't really earn that name per se, is what my hiking partner would say. <laughs> so he ended up giving me, then he says my earned trail name is Bed Snacks because, um, every time we get to a hotel room, um, you know, cause sometimes you get a hotel room to like charge your phone and your spare battery, yeah. take a shower. Um, and so I would end up throwing all my food on top of the bed to see what I had. You know, and then I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to be going 80 miles this next stretch, so I'm going to need this much food. And so I'd end up, you know, going to the grocery store and then throwing all my food on the bed again. You know, by that time, you know, I'm exhausted, so I just would lay down on the bed with all my (laughs) snacks, and you'd just hear, like, (laughs) and Josh would be like, God damn it, bed snacks, (laughs) you know, and, and I also, we didn't. We didn't hang our, our bear bags, which, you know, isn't necessarily the AT protocol, but we had a dog camping with us, so we really didn't have too many um, animals bothering us because he, he was on high alert and kind of always give it like a, you know, kind of get a little agitated when something was nearby. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was always snacking. I'm still always snacking. You got any <laughs> snacks? No. <laughs> <Plenty of> snacks. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm not Joe Rogan, but I do have snacks. <laughs> oh, nice. Not the special snacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're working your way towards Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan had to start somewhere. Yeah, you know, I just need like four million more listeners. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll help. Mm-hmm. That will help. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, so what shifted for you after this huge trip? Like, And what shifted maybe during and then after in your life? Um, for me, I think that it, it really helped me build my confidence. You know, like I've always been somebody who's sure of who I am, but, you know, also kind of not sure how people perceive me to be, you Mm. know, and that's always something that I've kind of been self-conscious about, like how are other people, you know, seeing me, but with the trail and the trail name, you're able to establish almost a new identity, like leaving high school and going to college, you can kind of use that time to reestablish yourself. And, um, I kind of use that opportunity to do that, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know exactly what I was doing right away, but as I learned and as I grew and as I met more people, you know, my confidence grew. And with, when you gain confidence in your own abilities, you know, it kind of seeps into other aspects of your life where I was more confident like I'm supposed to be out here I'm supposed to be meeting these people and this is where I'm supposed to be in my life right now like I feel Mm -hmm. good like this isn't my life purpose you know but this is a process that I need to go through for me to you know live my best life yeah you're in alignment yeah so it it was something where I was just sitting at a desk job just like man 
is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life is land development, you know? And I realized, no, it's, it's not. So I kind of just wanted to take the time to do that. And, um, and honestly, as you're hiking, you're getting more physically strong. You're gaining that strength, but you're also gaining mental strength because that's what's keeping you out on the trail. You know, there's plenty of reasons for people to get off the trail, you know, whether they get hurt, whether they get sick or they, um, they don't want to do it anymore, yeah. you know, or they can't handle, you know, the bugs or just living outside in general, you know, has, has its um, downfalls, but also has its upfalls. So I think that it helped me be more confident in who I am as a person. Um, and it really just re reestablished the fact that like, I can talk to anybody, you know, and it was just so cool to be able to meet these people, have these experiences and be extended these kindnesses that I can't really repay to those people directly but I can pay it forward mm -hmm. you know so it showed me it showed me that having a sense of community is really important for a member to thrive individually you know so if you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself you are almost responsible for that that's mm -hmm. something so you want to contribute towards it rather than feeling like you're not contributing towards something that's when you kind of feel isolated and kind of almost depressed a little bit mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm not saying i've had you know big depression issues but there's some times when i you know can isolate very easily isolate myself from other people and that's something that uh the trail kind of helped me um be able to just reach out to people and not feel uncomfortable about you know, my current mind state or whatever that I could freely share with myself and be open and vulnerable with these people without feeling like, you know, they're going to laugh at me or they're going to attack me and stuff like that. So um, one thing that I try to do is always hold a space for people to, you know, if they want to, they can be vulnerable, you mm -hmm. know. And so I, I always like to share personal stuff, like not not saying if you ever meet me, I'm going to drop some heavy bombs on you. <laughs> But, you know, I'm going to I'm going to share with you and I'm going to let you get to know me and I'm going to share some things that, you know, I'm self-conscious about, you know, that make me uncomfortable, you know, just to start these conversations so you can get to to know me a little bit better than like a social media profile. You're not just going right, to see, yeah. you know, the good in me. You're going to see the stuff that I'm a human. I'm I'm struggling with these things and I'm working through it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to let these things define me. I'm going to keep you know, learning and growing and building, you know, so this is what I'm doing. And as soon as you kind of open up your own, own vulnerabilities to people, they realize that, you know, people are not that different, you mm -hmm. know, like they're struggling with similar things and stuff like that. So all of a sudden they, you know, present vulnerabilities within themselves. And then you can talk about, you know, points for growth and stuff like that. So it's starting these whole different conversations that I never really really had before you mm -hmm. know I, I've had them before and people have always confided in me but I never really consciously was aware of like hey I'm good at doing this mm -hmm. you know and I you know I've always thought and even my mom has said like people just tell me stuff you know I don't even ask and I'm just yeah. there and I'm listening and all of a sudden you're you're opening up to me and you're telling me about a family member that passed you know or you're telling mm -hmm. me something that is a heavy burden on you and you see that you can be vulnerable vulnerable around me and you can process this information and it can produce you know a, a healing and therapeutic effect for for different people so um 
I'd say that I became definitely more aware of that ability of mine through this trip. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I could see, even though that people were connected within this community, I could see, you know, as the individual, as I'm getting to know people a little bit more, like, you know, what what are they worried about? What are the things that they're processing and working through? What are things that I can do to help these people with these different things, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm not saying, like, I'm here to serve and to help people, but I believe that is one of my purposes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's cool to be able to relate to people, to, you know, be in a non, I guess, judgmental space where somebody can share w- with you and whether or not they want feedback is kind of, you know, Absolutely. You can, you can take it uh, uh, based off like the situation if they just want to be heard out and mm-hmm. validated or if they want, you know, solutions, I guess you could say, depending on. Yeah. I mean, half the time it's like, I know this from my own experience in trying to heal grief. It It's like you don't, if you lock that up and mm-hmm. you carry that inside of you mm-hmm. and you don't talk about it, like that's when it gets worse. It almost like festers. And so mm-hmm. I know that you heal over time by talking about it in small pieces yeah so just to have somebody to talk about it with Mm -hmm. is such a huge relief absolutely and even if i'm not directly aware of like what is causing the suffering if you can just share even little bits about it where you're you know you're not quite comfortable sharing the whole story but you know there's bits and pieces that kind of Mm -hmm. i'm not saying like slip out but it's just almost just like you you're dying to tell somebody like this is really burdening you but you're also Mm -hmm. not trying to burden somebody else with it and that's kind of the feeling that you know a lot of people get like i don't want to express this side of myself to other people because you know it's something i should bury right you know and i should only present this but that's that's going to come up in other aspects of your life you know so um, it's important to have these uncomfortable conversations and kind of um you know, be able to start the healing process, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for you. Yeah, I, I got a lot of respect for you. It's good to be here, you know. Um, I'm glad we're here. Yeah, right? We're just hanging out on the on the road, just talking about life, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what life is about, is making, you know, memories with friends, and, you know, I feel like if one person listens to this, or ten people, or a thousand people listen to it, I hope that somebody hears this and takes away that you know it's okay to be vulnerable you know not to everybody i'm not saying you should share your baggage (laughs) with everybody but you know it is important to have people that you can be vulnerable around because that's how you know you stimulate growth Mm -hmm. you know and that's one thing that i'm a big believer on that if i'm not growing then i'm stagnant you know and i never really want to be a stagnant person just sitting there not really you know sharpening skill sets or not really learning yeah. a new hobby or anything like that it just i don't know that's that's one thing that i just don't want to do is become stale yeah <laughs> you know that so makes a lot of sense gotta keep it fresh fresh <laughs> <laughs> so this was obviously a huge adventure and very impactful mm-hmm. trip for you do you have the desire to do a different trail or like what do you want to do next that has crossed my mind um i my buddy right now josh um in murdoch are just about to finish the pacific crest trail which is something that i've talked about with my girlfriend Kristen, who is not interested in backpacking the whole whole um the whole trail with me but maybe would do some section hikes and do a supported mm-hmm. hike for me so if we like 
saved enough money right now we haven't been saving for it but if we save enough money where we could get a vehicle where we drive that out there she'd pretty much just drop me off and then kind of follow me along the way and like stop in LA and hang out at the beaches and <laughs> yeah she's already talking like this month I'll have this friend here this month I'll have that yeah we'll have a little bit of overlap but we can't have it too long because I want to have this some alone time with this person and then, yeah. yeah alone time with that person it's like okay <laughs> I wasn't sure if I would ever be able to have the opportunity to do another long distance trail and now she's like pretty much like you're not going to do it without me being a part of it you know not yeah. necessarily being there but I want to take a six month long vacation yeah. you know <laughs> I don't blame her I want to quit my job too <laughs> yeah right and I mean I think that it's feasible for us to save up enough money where we could make that happen you know yeah. in a couple of years here so damn um yeah, I'm not exactly sure what uh, when that's gonna unfold, but um, you know we kind of have to sit down and talk about that. But definitely not my last adventure. I, yeah, uh, I'm always liking to get out there and see different things. So uh, nice. It's been kind of cool being out on the East Coast now because I never have really seen too much of the East Coast. You know, you see a lot of you know, movies and stuff are based in New York City or Boston or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to see those cities for yourself firsthand. Yeah. Um, this is unrelated. This could probably get cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like cities. <laughs> New York. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> what am I, a tourist? <laughs> Shit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway. Yeah, right. So Backtracking from that. So uh, how can people connect with you? Um, people can connect with me if they want. They can reach out um, on either social media. You have a website? I do not Kidding. have a website. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. I got uh, Facebook and Instagram and an email. Um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to me about the trail or just about, I guess, anything that we've said today, um, I'm always interested in meeting new people, Yeah. you know, and making connections. So, um, And it's probably not going to be somebody that i've really or maybe maybe it'll be somebody that i've haven't connected with with for years somebody that i have no idea who they are across the united states you know i'm just interested to talk to people you know and to um see what they're passionate about (laughs) what gets them going somebody from new jersey is just gonna fucking be like fuck you bro (laughs) and i'll be like peace and love brother (laughs) (laughs) i do like new jersey so if anybody out there thinks I don't like New Jersey, I got New Jersey friends. Okay? Jersey. <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no doubt. I feel like we talked about everything and nothing all at the same time. So, <laughs> I <don't laughs> so even... I'm interested to see how you pull that together for a podcast. But uh... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it was good to be here. Thank yeah, you, thanks. Danny.